Hey there, Meyer Sign friends and followers. I'm Michael Boss, and I have the privilege of being the creator and host of Tales of the Magic Skagit, a podcast series celebrating the people, places, and things that make the Skagit Valley magic, sponsored by Meyer Sign. Thanks for giving us a listen. And now, on to the program. Well, friends and followers of uh, Meyer Sign Tales of the Magic Gadget, I'm sitting here with a gentleman that I've written about in the past. Uh, the Tales of Honker McCormick was what that story was called. It was about this gentleman here, Bruce McCormick. And uh, I'm back to talk to Bruce today because I'm uh, working on a story called Bruce McCormick and the Monster Book of Pioneers. And just by way of quick uh, explanation as to uh, why the Monster Book of Pioneers, um, Harry Potter fans will recall that in uh, one of the episodes of, uh, of Harry Potter, uh, before he can go to Hogwarts for the year, he has to pick up a bunch of books. And one of the books is called The Monster Book of Monsters. And this is a book about monsters. But the book itself is a monster. So you have to stroke the spine in order to you know, like open the book up safely and use it. Well, Bruce McCormick is in possession of a book I call The Monster Book of Pioneers because it's a book not only about pioneer families in the Skagit Valley, but the book itself is a pioneer. It's an antique. It was uh, published in 1906. Yeah. And uh, it is called The History of Skagit and Snohomish Counties, Washington. Um, I'll have a picture, uh, well, I'll have a number of pictures that will go with the written story, but this book is. I would say conservatively four uh, or more uh, inches thick. It's in this gorgeous leather, tooled leather bound um, uh, uh, cover with uh, gold, um, gold imprinted letters. It's just, it's, it looks like a family Bible from, uh, you know, my grandparents' era. And uh, inside, uh, it, it's just an incredible source of, uh, of information. Uh, and it happens to be written uh, in pencil uh, in the first few pages in. It says, Property of D.L. McCormick. And uh, D.L. McCormick and G, is it G.D. McCormick as well? Yeah. Well, we're going to be talking with Bruce in particular about these two individuals uh, in this book. But uh, before we get there, Bruce, how did you come by this book? Well, when Dad died, I just happened to be down there and start re retrieving some of the photo albums and all the stuff he had. And I was lucky to get a bunch of old photographs of family and people I didn't know or and uh, on my mom's side or my dad's side and I I like that and I like looking at it every now and then it it makes me feel that I I don't know my, my life has sure been different from there yeah. yeah every tough day I've had was wasn't 
comparable to what they had. Oh, <laughs> Mackinac. Well, well, we'll get into that in a bit. More about the history of the book. So, uh, I'm assuming then it was you, you, you uh, your father had had it. So, yeah. I imagine uh, it had been in the possession of your grandparents as well. Yeah. And I think you were telling me when, uh, gosh, last year when, when you first showed me this book, um, I, th- this is one of the few uh, remaining copies. They're, they're hard to find. The fellow that owns Christensen's Nursery, I think, has six of these. Oh, my gosh. He goes around, looks in libraries. Some of him, He says this is the best conditioned one he's ever seen. Yeah, and I should have pointed that out earlier. This is, it, it, given its age, it's in surprisingly uh, beautiful condition. And it says, um, you know, you flip a few pages in, uh, an illustrated history of Skagit and Snohomish counties, their people, their commerce, and their resources with an outline of the early history of the state of Washington and endorsed as authentic by local committees of pioneers and published by the Interstate Publishing Company. Again, uh, the year it was published was 1906. Yeah. Uh, uh, amazing. How do, you, so how do you describe this book to people? I don't know. It's just a jewel. It's it's just full of a lot of information, a lot of history, and if you don't care for that stuff, it's just a big book. But <laughs> it's a doorstop. To, to me, it's it's. I cherish that thing. Yeah, uh, for good reason. Um, well, I, the, the thing I immediately noticed is it it is this voluminous compendium of uh, pioneer families. And yeah. short uh, biographs oh, yeah. uh, of them. There's a lot of names in there I remember from my folks talking about them, and I remember them personally too. Ooh, yeah, some of the neighbors on each side of me. Yeah. Now I should I should add a little bit more here uh, about Mr. McCormick. Uh, Bruce, uh, December of last year, uh, turned 91 years old. So. I'm sitting here, and this is one of the reasons I wrote the original story about Bruce, was I, I wanted to get across the power, to me at least, of, of being able to sit and talk with somebody who is a living link to the earliest pioneer history um, of this place. I don't say the earliest history because obviously the people who were here originally have a, uh, a history of millennia. Um, but in terms of, of the folks who migrated out here from uh, from the east, uh, in the case of Bruce's family, I think Ohio chiefly. Iowa. Oh, Iowa. Yeah. All right. Well, he went back to Ohio to pick up a bride deal. There we go. Oh, that was a good. They had good deals on brides <laughs> in Ohio back then. I think. Um, but we get ahead of ourselves. Yeah. Uh, but Bruce is a living link uh, to those individuals, and the one we're going to talk about in particular. Uh, here in uh, this recording session, and there will be others. We're going to talk in particular about uh, Bruce's grandfather. So I am on page 604 of uh, the Monster Book of Pioneers. And what I'm going to do is uh, read uh, directly from uh, the book. David L. McCormick is one of the pioneer farmers of the LaConnor section of Skagit County. Having first located there 
in the early 70s, and of course we're talking about the 1870s. He comes of a family which was well known in the early days of Hawking Valley, Ohio. His father, William McCormick, a Pennsylvania farmer, went to Ohio before railroads had opened up that country, took up government land there and farmed it until his death shortly before the Civil War. Mrs. Elizabeth, parentheses, Johnson McCormick, mother of our subject, was born in West Virginia, but her parents moved to Ohio by ox team when she was a small child and she lived there to the ripe old age of 94 years. Bruce, I can see where you might be getting some of your longevity. Yeah. David, David McCormick <laughs> was born in Perry County, Ohio in 1850 and received his school training in that state. He remained on the home place until he reached the age of 19 when he went to live with an uncle in Iowa. And four years later, he started for Washington. The trip by rail to San Francisco occupied two weeks. After five days at the Golden Gate, he took passage for Victoria, Vancouver Island, and from there to Seattle. In company with five others, he purchased a rowboat and rowed it to Laconner. Okay, folks, take note from Vancouver Island to Laconner, rowing a boat where he met Nelson Chilberg. That's a name that should be familiar to most of us who have driven around this valley. An old friend from Iowa. With him, he went up the Nooksack River and located a claim, which, however, he never carried to patent. During the following fall, having returned to Laconner, he took a preemption claim four miles north of the city, and upon this, he lived at intervals until 1877 when he bought his present place of 120 acres northeast of Laconner, paying, are you ready for this folks, $10 an acre for the cleared land. Later, he sold his preemption land. In 1889, Mr. McCormick returned to Ohio and there in June married Miss Margaret Case, daughter of Honorable Oakley Case, one of the well-known citizens of Hawking County, Mr. Case was at one time editor of the Hawking Sentinel. He was elected probate judge of Hawking County in 1860 and served two terms in that capacity, afterwards becoming mayor of the town of Logan. For a term of years, he was an influential member of the Ohio legislature. He also served as chief clerk under Secretary of State William Bell, Jr. in 1876 and 1877. Mrs. Margaret, parentheses, James, Case, mother of Mrs. McCormick, was a Virginian by birth, but was taken by her parents when a child to the famous Buckeye State. Mrs. McCormick was born in Logan, Ohio in 1857, excuse me, uh, yes, 1857, and received her education in the schools of that day, graduating from its high school. For six years, she served as toll collector on the Hawking Valley Canal. Six children have been born to Mr. and Mrs. McCormick all during their residence in Skagit County, namely William in 1892, David O. in 1884, excuse me, 1894, Margaret E. in 1895, George D. and Charles A. twins in 1898, and Helen E. in 1900. Mr. McCormick is a member of the Methodist Church and in politics is a Republican. While in fraternal connection, he is an odd fellow. 
Mrs. McCormick is a Rebecca, or Rebecca, Rebecca. I'm sorry, (laughs) is a Rebecca and a member of the Order of Eastern Star. Inheriting the qualities which made his forefathers forceful in the pioneer days of Pennsylvania, Mr. McCormick has proven himself one of the sturdy and substantial men of Skagit County. Though thoroughly public-spirited, he has manifested no special ambition for leadership or political preferment, and has been content with membership in the producing class. The men who, without ostentation, go to work with energy and accomplish something. The men who form the real strength of any community. By the way, Bruce, I love that. <laughs> that he has been active, an er- active, earnest worker is evinced by the fact that 200 acres of his fine farmland have been well cleared and brought to a high state of cultivation. He has also gathered around his home the comforts and conveniences which add so greatly to the pleasures of rural life. It is no longer necessary to bring water for house use in a wheelbarrow, as it was when he began the struggles with pioneer conditions, any more than it is now necessary to navigate the sound in a rowboat. With plenty of cattle, horses, and other livestock, sufficient farm machinery, and an abundance of fertile land, he is now in a position to carry on his agricultural operations with satisfaction and profit. Wow. Uh, one of the things that strikes me right off the bat is it's pretty obvious uh, at the point that this was written, um, your grandfather was still around. And, and I think that was probably true of so many of the people who appear in this biography. By 1906, you know, there were still a good many folks uh, that were here. Uh, you know, some of them were, were well on in age. But um, hearing that read, Bruce, what are the things that strike you? What, what kind of memories about your grandfather does, uh, does, does that trigger? Well, I know he was quite serious about things. You know, he never wasted any money. Or, yeah, I shouldn't say it, but to me, <clears throat> he was a little hard to get to know. Yeah, yeah. And... Uh, but I mean, you know, I never threw rocks at him or anything like that. But, <laughs> but he probably thought I should, he should have, but he never did. But well, I still, yeah, I still appreciated him and respected him. Yeah, yeah. What um, what stories did your dad have to tell you uh, about your grandfather? Did did and and. Let's back up to um, the twins that are mentioned as having been born to your grandfather. Yeah. Uh, one of those, George, George. Uh, was your dad, and he yeah. had a twin brother, yeah. uh, Charles. Charles. What What are the things that you remember about, uh, you know, any stories that your father had to tell you about uh, his dad, your grandfather? Well, they, they never got in trouble doing anything like their grandson might have. <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> He was a very, like I say, serious worker at all time. Yeah. And Dad, uh, Dad and Charlie did. Uncle Charlie, uh, Ch- Uncle Charlie uh, lived on Fur Island. He drove milk truck for Dairy Gold. Okay. Handling those ten-gallon cans for years. Yeah. And he had a little farm there, and he milked a few Jersey cattle. 
and we had a little small farm here, and we had some Holsteins. I remember in the flood of 93 or 4, it was, on Fur Island, we had to lasso his cattle in the barn and take them by outboard over to North Fork Bridge. Wow. And then load them in a cattle truck and bring them to our place so they could yeah. be milked yeah. for a, a week or so. Wow. And they got back on the island. Well, I remember lassoing them in the barn and... Uh, it was quite a chore. I remember one of my friends, he got a hold of the cattle and he stepped backwards and he stepped in the gutter. <laughs> and he tipped right over in that muddy water oh. and everything. <laughs> but he was just a volunteer there to come and help. Oh, boy. But, uh, well, luckily, I've never have witnessed a flood, so I... They're devastating. Yeah. They're they're nasty. Yeah. But I just hope the old Skagit stays inside her dikes like it's supposed to. Yeah, well, I, I tell you, it, 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 it got up there, uh, you know, going on a year ago. Uh, you know, we had we had some, some serious flooding, and thank goodness for the uh, uh, flood abatement that they were doing, uh, you know, down by, uh, well, in, in uh, downtown Mount Vernon. Yeah, yeah. Bruce, in this in this description, when they when they talk about the land uh, that your grandfather was farming, um, it, it, do you know where, where where that is today? Yeah, it's just right down here at the intersection of McLean Road and Laconer Whitney, which is where you live. We're a first place toward Laconer. Yeah, I've only moved a half a mile in my life before I was raised. Oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah, so tell me about your life here, because. As you were saying, you've been you've been in this house seventy years here. Yeah, seventy years here. I graduated a class of forty nine from Lake Honor. With seven boys and three girls, I'm the only guy left. And in fact, I just got an article in the paper the other day. Uh, one of our girls died in Anacortes, so. We might be down to one girl. I don't know. Oh, my gosh. She might be in Fullerton, California. We've never heard wherever she went. But it was a class of 10. And that was it in them days. And I grew up on the farm. Then I got married and moved up to a little house. My uncle rented to us for a couple, three years for $12 a month. And then... uh, then this house became available, and so Dad bought it, and then I moved here, and I've raised a yep. gang of kids, and yep. Yep. five sons and one daughter, and they're all living and running free, and haven't spent any time in prison, and, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so I think it's wonderful life. Uh-huh. I haven't spent any time in prison either. <laughs> well, you know what? You still have, you know, your life's not over yet. You still may have some opportunity. In the meantime, Bruce, um, I would like to get back together with you again. And uh, let's talk about some of the other families here. I mean, when you think of some of the families uh, and, and the individuals who are uh, uh, this book uh, uh, talks about, um, are there any particular standouts for you? One of the ones that uh, came to mind for me was McTaggart, uh, the McTaggart family. 
Uh, he was a postmaster, uh, first postmaster, well, I think started up the post office in Edison. Uh, there's John Peth. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and I think you're fairly familiar with the Peth family, oh, aren't I, you? Yeah, my first wife was a Peth. All right, very the good. The big Peth house down the corner here now. That they're building a great big potato storage there. Oh, fantastic! Oh, wow! It's uh, going on right now. But well, I, I, yeah, I, I remember John Beth. I mean George. Yeah, and old John. And old George John. My, but old John and uh, Mary, his wife, was his name. And every time my sister and I'd walk over there, we'd always come home with a bouquet of flowers. She oh, always fantastic. sent flowers home. Uh, and uh, then I'd like to do. Um, something on uh, the Peth family. And so I'm thinking what we can do is we'll pick a few at a time and uh, just talk about them from uh, the book. And I, I think that'd be a fun way to share this um, incredible resource because it, it just can't leave oh. Bruce's home. Yeah. <laughs> it will not leave. If I want to consult it, I'll come over here, uh, enjoy a cup of coffee with this gentleman and Sally and, uh, and read through the book. But uh, as far as sharing it with everybody else, we'll do so through uh, some more of these uh, interviews. Yeah, you can see all the marked pages we got here sticking out. Just different things we knew, people, and look at all that. Yeah, it's it's also, there's illustrations in it. Uh, It's fantastic. And by the way, and I almost forgot, I just reminded myself. So, Bruce, there's also a story about why this book is in as good a condition as it is. Well, <clears throat> my dad had it refurbished in what did I say there, nineteen oh right here. <laughs> yeah, here's there's yeah, there's an article here yeah. from uh, the Bellingham Herald that stated Wednesday, September twenty first, nineteen eighty three, and it's about a lady Marion Burt. And the headline, she tears up treasured books to save them. And uh, that's what happened with uh, with yeah. this book. Dad dad died in eighty one. But she's just getting around to this story then. But uh, it was an interesting thing that she does. Yeah. But the it's the, the book is beautiful. But you still you know you still want to really handle it with oh, care. Just kind of just kind of like Bruce. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Handle with care. <laughs> Bruce, thanks so much for taking the time to do this. It was fun. Well, I hope I was worthwhile listening to. You're always worthwhile to listen to, Bruce. <laughs> thanks. Okay. This concludes another episode of Tales of the Magic Skagit. You can follow us on Facebook at Meyer Sign, as well as read our stories on our website, MeyerSign.com. Just click on Behind the Sign for all the good stuff. Thanks for listening, and keep the Skagit magic, y'all.